Well, good morning. It's an absolute joy and privilege to be here today. I, I don't take these moments lightly. And it may sound a little strange what I'm going to start with, but I'm going to start with an apology. Last week, I didn't really pursue in the week before last Sunday what the Father really wanted to do last Sunday. And I know people said nice things and stuff, and even somebody started afresh with Jesus, which is just amazing, isn't it? But I hadn't handled my responsibility well, just taking time to hang out and say, Father, what is it you really have for Sunday? And it wasn't until I kind of said amen at the end, I'm like, oh, I think that's what God had wanted to do. So I just wanted to own that and just say, um, I, I carry that, you know? But I don't carry any shame, any guilt, because Jesus, that's his bag, that's not my bag. And today is a fresh day and a fresh start. So today is quite a short, probably not, but in... <laughs> I'm going to try to keep it short, because this is simple, and I don't want to miss. You know, friends, I could have left this morning after Rhoda welcomed. That welcomed, I'm just like... Okay, I'm done. And then Steph leads in worship. I'm like, oh, I'm really done now. And part of me, like, I just don't want to mess it up. <laughs> so here's what I'm going to talk about. I'm going to talk about Jesus. Because with Jesus, you can never go wrong. And when you talk about Jesus, so I love Jesus for 10,000 reasons. I love Jesus for what he's been doing this week. I love how these stories in this room where Jesus has just turned up in expected and unexpected places. I love how Jesus has been out on the streets early this morning. I love how there was a man on the picture we saw yesterday. That was Miriam's dad. He came all the way from New Zealand and he was on his knees cleaning up because we didn't have a brush. And I'm just like, only Jesus would do that. Only Jesus would do that. And the reason we put up eight panels for Chris is because we believe that Jesus is the one who can restore sight as well. So what an opportunity we had to actually pray for him, say, eyes be open. Now, in that moment, they didn't, but we still pray for that, and we'll still pursue that as well. So, without one more word, without one more word, come Holy Spirit. We welcome you here. Set the scriptures on fire. Come speak. Bring life. Awaken us and stir us. Comfort and disturb us. Teach us, pastor, and lead us. Yeah, you're welcome here, Jesus. Here's where we're at today. Matthew chapter 21. What you have is Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. And these are four different different writers writing about the same Jesus. And in Matthew chapter 21, and the numbers are just a helpful thing to help us find where we are in the story about Jesus. So if you have a Bible with you, we're in Matthew chapter 21. If you don't have a Bible, just lean over to the person beside you. And in verse 12... It talks about how Jesus entered the temple court. But the passage before that talks about how Jesus actually entered the city. And it's always interesting to note how Jesus enters the city. See, lots of people in that day were expecting Jesus to enter the city, kind of like on a white horse, with all victorious and all these trumpets blaring. But Jesus comes on a donkey. And how he comes into the city is he just comes into the city humbly, And he comes into the city to serve the city and to love the city to life. 
So we learn a lot from Jesus in that moment about how we enter into a city, how we enter into relationships into this city. We don't come trying to prove. We just come trying to love and show something of the Father's heart. And it was such a privilege to see Chris yesterday where he kept saying to Tim, nobody does anything for free. There's no strings attached. And we're just like, oh, yeah, well, you're wrong. (laughs) You're wrong. You're wrong. And only in the kingdom of God would a blind man get new eight panels when he only really needed. Well, actually, some would say he doesn't need any because he can't see them. And we're just like, not in... Not on our watch. (laughs) Not on our watch. See, here in this passage, what I'm going to read now, Jesus is lead revolutionary, especially when it comes to removing religion. If it's something that gets Jesus' back up, it's religion. It's a thing that he cannot settle with and he will not settle for. He is on the rampage when it comes to religion. And if you want to know what religion is, uh, Joss, can I borrow you? And Abby, can I borrow you? Um, if you want to know what religion is. Oh, that sounds awful. Do you want to know what religion is? Have a look. No, no, that's not. Joss, all I need you to do is steps. You just need to step up on there and step back down, step up and step back down. Abby, can you, can you, can you, go, and, no, no. Can you go and sit on there? Joss, you're going to have to do it harder, and you're going to have to do it faster. Okay, here we have, here we have religion, here we have grace. Grace, Jesus has done it. Jesus has done it all. Religion, this is it. <laughs> Oh, yeah, that's really religious, yeah. Oh, bro, have a sit down, have a sit down. I mean, if you want to stay there, that's all right, that's all right. Well done. So when it comes to religion, Jesus is, he just wants to eyeball religion and take it out completely. And this is a passage here, chapter 21, verse 12. Jesus entered the temple courts and drove out all who were buying and selling there. He overturned the tables of the money changers and the benches of those selling doves. It is written, he said, my house will be called a house of prayer, but you are making a den of robbers. The blind and the lame came to him at the temple, and he healed them. But when the chief priests in the temple of the law saw the wonderful things he did and the children shouting in the temple courts, Hosanna to the son of David, they were indignant. Love that. Children shouting makes angry people angry. Do you hear what these children are saying, they asked? Yes, said Jesus. Have you never read from the lips of children and infants you have ordained praise? And he left them and went out of the city to Bethany, where he spent the night. And it's interesting, isn't it? The times where we see Jesus getting angry, it's any time where anybody's putting any barriers between us and the Father's heart. So there's another time when the kids are wanting to get to Jesus, and the disciples are like, oh, no, 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 this is all too messy. And they start to put barriers there, and Jesus just gets indignant, and he gets angry. And he says, no one puts a barrier between my children People made in the image of God and the Father's heart. 
So Jesus, what, he did, what did Jesus do on the cross? He was all about breaking down the barriers. See, religion will always keep us far from the Father's heart. And Josh could work there all day, all day. And that's what, <laughs> yeah. You had four or five more in you? Yeah. <laughs> but religion will get you really working hard and with no peace at the end of it. And religion is all about creating a distance between you and the Father's heart. That's what, and religion just leaves us as orphans. No, religion will just do this thing where whatever you do will never be good enough. Religion gets you to strive. Religion just makes you do stuff because people are watching. Religion has got nothing to do with your heart. Religion's all about rules and regulations. Religion's just an awful, awful taskmaster. Religion's got not one ounce of love in it. And then Jesus comes along. And then Jesus comes along. And I love what he did in the temple. And it's very simplistic, I know. But what he basically did, he came into his temple space, which was meant to be all about people encountering the presence of God. And Jesus comes in there and he just gets rid of all the religion. And he creates a space for people. And as he does that, what happens after? Look, the blind and the lame came to him. Oh, goose pimply. And you know what goose pimples are? Goose pimples are when the angels around us flutter their wing things. And I'm like, oh, I think I felt that. I don't have any scientific background (laughs) evidence for that. I just have a hunch. (laughs) But this is key. Jesus wants to remove every ounce of religion from our hearts. He wants to remove every barrier so that we can encounter him and the Father's heart. And when we encounter him, well, we're changed, never to be the same again. So religion is a little bit like a dark cloud of shame hanging over you. And shame just puts our heads down. You know, if I was to stand here today and list out everything that I've done wrong in my life, man, I, I would have to crawl out of here. But Jesus steps in and says, but I've, that's my bag now, Andy. You came to me and asked for a fresh start, and I gave you a fresh start. So your past is now covered. There's this beautiful, beautiful passage, and it just simply says this. Um, but now, in Christ Jesus, you who are once far away have been brought near by the blood of Christ. But as in what Jesus did on the cross, it made me, enabled me to come near to the Father. So religion will always keep you at a distance. Jesus invites us close. And shame, guilt, all that junk will just keep us at a distance. Where's the lovely Chloe? Chloe, would you tell us what you shared with me before? Thank you. Okay, doke. So um, on the way to church this morning, um, Sunday morning, so I'm well, um, we, I live in Denton Homes, we had to drive through town to get here. And um, I seen a couple of people who'd clearly stayed out last night and it, were on their way home. And I was just like, walk of shame. Yeah. And then, and then I, I was like, and my boyfriend was like, stride of pride, right? But I'm just like, oh, no, 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 no. And it occurred to me how many people are walking in shame. Like, what? 
walk of shame actually means. And it, uh, it got me thinking how many people have actually walked to the church. So firstly, people who have actually made it to the doors of the community centre today, you are so brave because that's the hard bit over, right? So the, I was thinking that, that's it, like they've done the walk of shame, like, and, but they need to leave the shame at the door because you're talking about barriers. Like these barriers, you more likely put them there yourself rather than... Or people who have absolutely no right in your life have put them there for you, and they don't have that privilege. And um, it's all about headspace and carrying what you shouldn't be carrying. And like when Andy says about put it in a bag and give it to Jesus, just do it. Just, just do it. I know it's easier said than done, but there's people who will pray with you and help you, and just bag it all up in a in a psychological bag and just give it to Jesus because that's His bag. Your bag is to just love and to to be the best person you can be. And there's no room for love and hope and grace when you're full of shame and lies and betrayal. And I think a lot of it is just, it's, it's just, you know, ridiculous. Like, what's that? Like, we don't need that. We don't have space for that because we need to be so full up with the Holy Spirit and of love and... And appreciation, and we just don't have room for the shame and the lies. And if you're at my baptism, you know, you know my story. So it's not like I'm standing here and I'm being hypocritical. Like I, I am an example of what shame can do to a person. But then I'm also an example of what Jesus can do to a person. And I would just want to encourage everybody to just pray it through. Like you might not have even prayed before, and I would encourage you to come to see Rhoda. You can all stand up now. <laughs> what did this mean? Oh, <laughs> I never signed for this. Um, okay, <laughs> okay, okay. So, um, um, Father God, I'd just like to thank you for everybody here. Thank you for making the journey possible for everyone to actually make it to church today. Um, I pray that you, although the judge and jury and you come in here and you touch each and every heart and you just cut off shame and lies and dirt because you are the cleansing king you will you are the living water like you just come in you're clean people like it doesn't matter what you've done you doesn't matter what you carry you are here and you just wash that off in everybody's name right now and i pray over each one of you like the seat you're sitting in is a seat of hope and it's a seat of joy and it's a seat of love and there is no room for shame on that seat. Amen, Jesus. Thank you. Thank you. Amen. All I want to do in life is be Chloe's warm-up. <laughs> so that's it, I'm done. Chloe, you just summed it all up. Oh, I just want to say one thing about this passage I don't want to miss. So when Jesus removes all the religion, that's what we see from Chloe, all the religion's gone. And grace has come. You, a rebel with a cause. Did you, is that what you said? Yeah, you're a rebel with a cause. Hi, Anna. And here's what's happened. When the religion leaves, when Jesus comes in the room, religion leaves the room. And then the next thing the passage tells us is the lame get healed and the blind see. That's what happens when Jesus comes in the room. But then after that, what happens? I love this. Then the kids turn up, (laughs) shouting, shouting, shouting. 
Is that what Anna just brought? I love that. And here's the thing. We were saying this before. We have a lot to learn as adults from the kids, especially when it comes to freedom. Especially when it comes to freedom. You know, when Anna, sometimes at the end, if I'm speaking or whatever, and she just comes in, she just bolts forward, and she just comes and clings to me, she gets what it means to be loved. She understands God the Father. She understands grace. She understands the complexity of salvation story. She gets it. And nothing and no one will stop her when she just runs forward to embrace the Father. And that is what Jesus has enabled each and every one of us to do right now. That is people in the room and you just have won this big massive question mark in your heart and you wonder, what is this all about? You have something burning within you and you have a sense of, I think I was made for more, but I do not know what it is. I want to let you know today that the reason you're alive is because of Jesus. He made you for himself and he has this wonderful plan for you, a plan full of grace and mercy and a plan that he has got for you involves following Jesus but also bringing life to many other people. So if you are wondering what life is about, Jesus is saying, come follow me. Find Jesus and find your purpose in life. So this is all about fresh starts. And last thing. It's easy to talk about Jesus in the temple. But when I think about my heart, what is the, some of the religious barriers that Jesus is wanting to remove from my heart? What are some of the things I've picked up along the way What are some of the things that the religious spirit has whispered to me which just aren't true? So I'm just going to invite Richard and Miriam, Maka and Wendy. Karen, would you come as well? And why don't you just, would you lead us in ministry time? Is that okay? And ministry time is very simple. It's just saying, Holy Spirit, come. Would you show us in our hearts what you want to do right now? So it's all very relaxed. Is that okay for you to do that? 